You're listening to Syntax, the podcast with the tastiest web development treats out there. Strap yourself in and get ready. Here is Scott Talensky and Wes Boss. Welcome to Syntax, the web development podcast with the tastiest treats around. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> in this episode, we're all we're going to be talking about marketing for developers and why marketing is important for developers, even if you aren't necessarily starting your own business or anything like that. And we have our very own marketing guru in the studio with us today, Wes Boss. <laughs> Hello, yeah. everybody. I'm honored. Thank you so much. How are you doing today, Scott? Hey, I'm doing good. And uh, today... We have a couple of great sponsors with us. As always, we have LogRocket, which really makes finding, solving bugs super, super easy. Works with all your tools and all that good stuff, as well as FreshBooks, which you should know by now is amazing cloud accounting software that Wes and I both, both love. Uh, So we'll be getting into a little bit more about our sponsors uh, as we go. But yeah, so how's it going? Anything new? Anything fun going on in the the world of Wes? Not too, too much. It was Father's Day yesterday, which uh, if you're recording. Yeah, yeah, thank you as to you. It's, It's funny. I think one of our very first episodes we recorded, we asked, how was your first Father's Day? And uh, this is episode 52, which means I think we've been doing it for just about a year now, probably a little under a year because of uh, we did a couple hasty treats here and there. But uh, wow, 52 episodes seems wow. pretty impressive. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Speaking of hasty treats, I think we have maybe a little bit of announcement regarding yeah. hasty treats. Uh, so uh, we have had so much positive support coming from every one of you who listens and all of the just the the kind words and all these amazing stuff and people can't get enough of the syntax so we have decided that we are going to do a hasty treat a week now we're gonna get an extra episode coming in here i don't know if we know the exact release date or day of the week yet we haven't necessarily discussed that but i'm sure we'll stagger them out or something like that where we're going to be doing what's called a hasty treat uh for those of you who don't know is a you know maybe like a 20 25 minute long episode where we talk about one topic in particular and maybe it's a topic that we cannot spend a whole hour on and don't want to do like a sort of a split show so this way we can focus on one minor topic and get into it nice good and uh yeah it's going to be a lot of fun we're we're pretty excited about this i'm i'm super stoked about it just because i often get questions about specific things like i'm just looking at the list right now we have domain management role systems cores and ssl what is the new front-end developer refactoring setting goals what's new in react consulting to products what's prisma there's all these things that i wish i could just send someone to a podcast so they can understand it and that's exactly what these these hasty treats are going to be is uh, us explaining or unwrapping something so hopefully you can get a better idea where you maybe you're walking the dog or going for a a quick drive to the store you'll be able to get it done in i don't know maybe even seven minutes if you listen to it at 2x seven ten minutes yeah and i I think the the best thing about this for me is that there's so many good topic ideas that we've had sitting on our list that we've been avoiding because we can't make a whole episode out of them so we have a ton of excellent uh, episode ideas prepared for this and uh, we are ready to get these hasty treats going 
Wicked. Wicked. All right. So talking about marketing today, let's let's get right on into it. So this is this is gonna be marketing for developers. And I like this topic a lot just because uh, like Scott and I obviously run our own businesses. And I know that a lot of people listening here are at some point in their life, they're going to get the itch to build something themselves. One of the best parts about being a developer is that often if you have an idea, you actually have the skills to make that thing come and be a real thing. Whereas a lot of times, like often you see people looking for technical co-founders, they've got great ideas and they have like they have connections to, to make it happen, but they don't necessarily have the actual technical skills to to bring things into fruition. So at, at some point in your life, it might be now, it might be in a couple of years, you might want to make a little bit of side income from whether it's a product, whether you're you're trying to sell some courses like Scott and I do, whether you want to host a podcast uh, like Scott and I do as well and, and get that sponsorship money coming in, those those fresh books dollars. So we're going to kind of go through the the different parts of marketing um, and uh, and hopefully you can pick up a few things uh, here and there. So uh, first thing I want to note is that marketing is not just advertising. And this is business school. I went to school for business, so I took a lot of marketing courses. And that's one of the things that they really hammered down was like, People think marketing is just banner ads and, and things like that. That's advertising. Marketing, a large part of marketing is is also figuring out what people want. So a, a big part of what I do is is listening to developers about what they're working on, what they're struggling with, what they want to learn, what's hot. And and by by listening to that, I'm able to figure out, okay, this is what my next courses are going to be because I've had an open ear for for all these years. Yeah. And again, we are talking a little bit about this as like, well, who have their own business, but this stuff is important for anyone who's looking to sort of up their own, you know, personal stock game. And in this industry, you've got to have ways to stand out. And uh, by marketing yourself correctly, uh, you can increase those kind of things. For instance, I mean, even when Level Up Tutorials wasn't making any money whatsoever and the pro the whole goal of it wasn't to be making money or to be a business, it was just to provide content. Level Up Tutorials got me more jobs and job interviews than anything else. So by marketing yourself in these ways, you are making yourself looking way more attractive to potential. Uh, and, I mean, it makes your resume stand out amongst the list of other resumes. That's that's a really good point. And I think if, if there's anything you'll take away from today, it's that you should start this now before it's too late, because I often see people who are sick of their job or they want to move to a smaller town because uh, they can get a nicer house. But then they have to commute on their job and they, they want to be able to work remotely. And if you start this personal branding, marketing stuff now, by the time you want to make some sort of switch or by the time you want to move up and, and, and take a new job, you're going to have a bit of momentum behind you. And, and that's going to work. It's not something you have to do, but right. it certainly is helpful. Yeah. I know a lot of people are a little bit being like, oh, I don't have time to do any of this stuff. I'm trying to learn a whole bunch of stuff. I don't want to have to run this business. That's that's totally fine. But if you want this to be an option in the future, then it's probably worth starting now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Every job I got in the web development industry, except for one, I I was pretty much got because of my efforts in that department, right? They, I wasn't hunting for jobs. I don't think I ever hunted for a job after my first job. It was sort of people came to me because they either saw my content. Not only that, but freelance gigs and stuff like that. I, mean, I think the the potential is is huge. But again, you don't you don't have to do it, but it, it can help considerably. 
Totally. So let's start off with the the first part. So let me just actually rattle through so you can expect what we have. We got personal branding. We got stuff on just running a business. We have social media. We've got paid advertisement. We've got email marketing. We've got partnerships and then we've got freebies. So those are the major sections we'll be going through today. The first one is personal branding. Um, and this is probably the biggest one for for Scott and I. It's how uh, people in the community perceive uh, us and and personal branding is is huge for me and I think that it probably is. Would you say it's it's huge for you as well, Scott? Um, it hasn't been because uh, no. I've always done everything under my business's name. Where y- you do everything under West Boss, I've always done mm-hmm. everything under Level Up Tutorials. So that's even, a good point. Yeah. yeah, even when we started this podcast, I think more people would have known me as the Level Up Tutorials guy than Scott Talinsky. In fact, it took me a long time. Be- like I don't, I don't know if it was just like general shyness or something, but it took me a long time even on the YouTube channel to be like, hey, this is Scott Talinsky. You know, it was sort of just like, hey, this is Scott, whatever. Uh, you yeah. know, it was less of uh, trying to build my own personal brand. I think a lot of it was maybe I was just ignorant towards uh, the importance of using my name for things. Totally. I, I actually many times in my career, I've like struggled to come up with company names. And I always ask people and they're like, what are you doing? Your name is Wes Boss. Why yeah, don't right. you just use that? So uh, I, I was lucky from, our, I guess, our, from being born the name that lottery, I have a, yeah. a kind of a cool name. So I've always decided to, to stick with it. The downside to that being, obviously, it's very hard to expand my business. If I ever wanted to sell courses for someone else, they wouldn't be Wes Boss courses. However, that's not anything I'm remotely interested in right now. I just love doing my own thing. Uh, and and not really looking to to expand it, uh, so I'm totally fine with that. But I'd say behind my personal brand, I, I hope what there is is like a, a trust and a reciprocity. That's really big for me. I, I feel like my whole business model is built upon giving, 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 mm-hmm. uh, helping people, teaching people, and then when it comes time that someone wants to learn something. Uh, that reciprocity gets cashed in and they can uh, they can buy a course from me because I've given so much. Uh, and that's and maybe I should explain how my business model works for, for those who are, are new to the podcast. So I create web development courses on on web development, uh, CSS, JavaScript. Those are kind of my main areas. And I have uh, I don't even know, maybe six or seven free courses uh, and then I've got three or four paid ones. I've got my ES6 one, my Node one, my React one. I've got an advanced React one coming out. I've got a whole bunch coming out this year that I've uh, I've got some serious momentum on them. And uh, generally what happens is that somebody will find one of my free courses or they'll find my YouTube or my Twitter. We'll talk about that stuff. And they'll take a couple and they'll like the way that I explain things. And then they'll come around and, and come and buy uh, one of the paid ones when there is a skill that they need to learn that I offer a, a course in. And I feel like that that trust that I've built up by putting out very good quality free courses, like the free courses are the same quality as the paid ones, then they're, they're nice and polished and uh, you learn a lot from them. There's no difference between the paid and the free ones because except for the, the actual price uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think uh, part of this, part of the reason why you've been successful uh, is because of this sort of uh i think a genuine nature of of how you're approaching this and i think this is such a big thing that so many people overlook they try to be uh so and so they try to be west boss or you know whatever that thing but they you have to be your authentic self and uh that authenticity 
is going to carry through into your work. And I, I think it certainly does. It's something I've always tried to do myself. I don't want to be trying to emulate someone else or, you know, someone else's YouTube channel or something like that. They might have some characteristic that really works for them. But the last thing I want to do is try to harness that characteristic because it's not me. And I think your audience would see through that pretty quickly. So I, I think part of the the benefit here of your own personal branding is that it needs to remain authentic to yourself mm-hmm. uh, 100%. I mean, I think yeah. that's the way with everything, art, music, any of that sort of stuff. The the authentic or the authentic, the, the, <laughs> that's the worst word I've ever come up with. <laughs> like the genuine nature of people will shine through and I think really, really help people. Totally. I, I often see this in, in YouTube videos in every single industry. And you can tell that people are copying the Casey Neistat uh, kind of oh, candor yeah. to his thing, or they're doing that stupid PewDiePie zoom in on the face, or like they're just stealing the the sort of the look and feel, which I, I think you might have to do that a little bit when you're first starting out. But uh, I'm always for doubling down on on your own sort of look and feel and 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 personal brand on things because th- that is going to shine through over anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Personal branding. I also have a little note here speaking at conferences. That's also something that how I have I think a big part of a personal brand is establishing yourself as an expert as as cringy as that sounds. So uh, how do you do that? Well, writing lots of blog posts, maybe posting YouTube videos, appearing on podcasts, having your own podcast, speaking at conferences. All of these things are very important by positioning yourself as an expert, even if you're not like I'm by no means an expert in in much. And especially when I started, I had no idea what I was doing. But by by just putting yourself out there and uh, having the guts to uh, to put yourself out there is is really, really important. And, and what that looks like is going to be different for every single person, because obviously I love going up on stage and talking about JavaScript. But that is like probably the definition of hell to <laughs> half the people listening at the, right now. Yeah, it's it's big. I mean, uh, it is big. And sometimes it happens by accident, right? Like you could just be like, I want to get started with this personal branding stuff. I'm going to make a bunch of blog posts. I mean, for me, one of my first big hits on YouTube, so to say, was I did a series on SaaS. It was like before LibSaaS. It was before SaaS had really taken off. And the only way people were using SaaS was through Ruby at the time and stuff like that. And I had done the series on SaaS when it was pretty darn fresh, when it was almost still SaaS and Hamel, like you almost talked about SaaS and Hamel, not just SaaS. And yeah. Because of that, people really thought I was a SaaS expert. I, I was pretty instantaneous, and everyone's asking me for SaaS advice, and I'm thinking, like, I just learned this stuff, and I made this series to help other people learn this stuff, but here I am, and everyone now thinks that I am, like, the the SaaS man. Uh, so it's, there you go. It, that's how it happens. SaaS I mean, man. Yeah, the SaaS man. I guess I could still be the SaaS man if I wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so let's move on to the next point, which is just like general running of your business is is good for marketing. So it should go without saying, but like being good to the people who buy your products is is very, very important because they are the people that are at the end of the day giving you their money and and paying the bills and allowing you to, to have this business. Right. So I think this is really, really important. I try to treat uh, everybody who buys a course from me as well as possible. Um, yeah. And there's just little things like uh, sometimes people get confused by the, I have like generally my courses have like a, a starter pack 
in a master pack. And then what sometimes happens is people don't scroll all the way down or they get excited and they click the starter pack and then they they get to the end of the videos and they're like, how do I how do I upgrade? Right. And what I'll often do is I'll just upgrade that person for free because it's not it's not their fault. Maybe the UI on my website was wrong. It might have been their fault, but I don't care. And if you upgrade them for free, you lose out on 20 bucks worth of worth of income. But I guarantee that person is going to tell a couple friends, maybe buy a course in the future. Again, they're just going to be a very happy uh, customer. Same thing with my return policy. I don't yeah. have like a I don't have like a 60 day return policy or, or something like that. Um, I just have if you if it's not for you, don't sweat it because sometimes people buy the course. Life gets busy. Six months later, they'll actually take the course and then they really enjoy it. They don't want to. Sometimes when people are about to buy, they're like, oh, I'm not sure if I can finish this and whatnot. So I'll just say, like, if it's not for you, you can return it. No sweat. Does that get abused? Absolutely. It gets abused every now and then. But if I, I try not to punish my good users. Same thing. There's no DRM on my videos. So yeah. I'm not trying to stop people from downloading and pirating them because like 98% of my customers are very good and they don't want to be bothered by DRM. So I rather make it a pleasant experience for that 98% than punish the 98% because a couple people are going to do shady stuff. So just being good to your customers yeah. is very important, right? Yeah, it's funny because I get so many emails from people or on my chat room that are sort of like, hey man, did you know that... I can access your videos in certain ways. Like I have found this hack and I've had access to your video. Can't you like, don't you want to patch this? And, and, and part of that is, well, it would mean DRM, right? That there's no other way around some of these things. Yeah. And so, uh, for me, the answer is it's cool. Like just don't do it and don't tell other people <laughs> to do it. Don't be a dick about it. And yeah. uh, that then we're all good because honestly, yeah, I, I don't want to, I've always hated the the DRM thing. You know, the, there was nothing worse in the world yeah. than when Apple had their like iTunes DRM. I mean, Apple was sort of the quintessential example of terrible, terrible DRM practices and just like making it difficult on their customers. And so I uh, just, just never wanted that sort of experience where people are having a hassle and again, yeah, if, if somebody is going to get they want a refund on your course or something like that, it is very inexpensive to just give them the refund. Just give them the refund. You know, I mean, that that will that will give you a happy, happy, maybe potential former customer. If You know, they maybe tell someone in the future, but it, it is inexpensive, even if it seems expensive at the time. It's it's totally expensive. Yeah, I've I've had people come back a, a year and a half later and actually rebuy my courses. Or I've had people buy the courses after they had stolen them. And first, if you try to steal them, they're almost always out of date. So don't try to do that. But uh, they, <laughs> Just don't they do feel, it anyway. <laughs> or they get a job and they're like, oh, I, I feel so bad that I uh, did it. Or uh, I've had people email me asking for help. And I'm just like, okay, like, what's your email with the receipt? I don't see it here anywhere. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> Anyways, that's a very small percentage. Um, the nice thing about the industry that we are in is that most people make pretty good money and most people are, are very, very good about not <laughs> being a jerk and, and yeah. being supporting me for because like Scott and I, we're just out on our own, right? We're not huge business out there. This is our income. And I feel so privileged to be able to actually make this my job. So it's it's really cool to see that people will uh, go out there and, and support you. Yeah. And I've actually had people uh, refer to level up tutorials as like a, a decent sized corporation. And I'm like, it is me. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should call it Scott Talinsky tutorials, but it is just me. So, yeah. yeah. 
That's funny. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is social media. Uh, there's all kinds of different social media outlets, and I've got some some opinions on how to make this work. Um, my, my first point here, and then we'll, we'll kind of go through each of them, but regardless of which social media platform you're on, I think by far the most important thing is, is don't try to push people off of a platform. A lot of people think like, oh, uh, Twitter sucks or I don't like Facebook because nobody's clicking on my link and they just have like a website or a YouTube video. And they're like, I just need to get people off of this platform where I want them to go. And, and that's the wrong way of thinking about it. You need to say, OK, there's people on this platform. How do I bring them content in the way that it makes sense to you? So how do I record a 15 minute YouTube video on how React Context works? Or how do I post a hot tip to Twitter that will help people not leave Twitter, but just get a little value in Twitter? Or uh, recently we've been posting snippets of this podcast to Instagram because we don't want to, you obviously have to go off of Instagram if you want to listen to the podcast. But if there's something of value that can be ingested directly on Instagram, then then that's ideal, right? So yeah. don't push people off the platform, bring tailored content to them that makes sense on that specific platform. Yeah, and I think it's it's obvious when you're just like, it's an obvious like sales funnel, like, please come to my site and learn more. You know, yeah. like, I think it's just a little too obvious. You want to provide up for value. updates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not going to work. So let's go through all of them and just talk about how we specifically use each one. Let's start with YouTube since... Scott here is king of king of YouTube. You've got that play button, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I got that. Yes, I have the silver play button. I'm I'm hoping for the gold, but that seems like a, a decent amount of ways off. I think I'm is that like, a million? I think it's a million. So I'm, All right, I'm everybody go and subscribe to Scott right now. Yeah, level up tutorials on YouTube. I'm a quarter of the way there. Uh, I think you get the silver one at like two hundred thousand subs or something like that. But uh, yeah, so YouTube for me, my YouTube strategy will surprise people. Uh, my YouTube strategy has been less of hard strategy strategy and more of quality through content and iteration. I was not good at YouTube tutorials when I started doing them. I started doing them in 2012 and it took me a long time to get good at them or at least what I think is better at them. And my strategy has always been, well, if I can outwork other people and release 20 videos on React that are all high quality and good, uh, then those videos will naturally find their way to the top, you know. So I'm not going to fill my thing with sort of like those hilariously bad YouTube thumbnail designs that you see where people are doing like their shocked face and, and like some some like really uh, like clickbaity sort yeah. of thumbnail. I can't content. believe what I did to my database. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> Th that stuff works. Trust me, it works. But that's not been my strategy because that's not me. I think it's <laughs> it's kind of weak. And like so for me, it's always been quality content first through uh, quantity quality content through quantity. Yeah, lots of that stuff. So basically just making a lot of good videos and then people will find them. And my SEO strategy for that is write titles for these videos where people are going to like what naturally what they'd search for. If I was searching for something, I would name my video that like how to do this in this. And uh, that has just led to people finding my content. So really for YouTube, the strategy has just been quality, 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 quality. And that's, uh, I, th I think, a big message because so many people want 
the success. They want the the YouTube thing, so they go through all these clickbaity strategies and they they try to do it quickly. It did, it took me years to grow the channel, and I started in 2012. And maybe I could have grown it faster in other means, but you know, I'm I'm very very comfortable with how I grew my channel. You know, that's awesome. I actually had watched a bunch of Scott's sketch tutorials before I even uh, had known Scott myself, and it, his stuff is all over YouTube. I've been on YouTube for for quite a while. Let me go back and and just see. By the way, my first video on YouTube was on After Effects and Final Cut Pro. So it wasn't even web development related. It took me uh, like two series before I, I moved into web development stuff. Awesome. My first YouTube video was seven years ago, how to reset a WordPress password when forgotten. Nice. So WordPress uses MD5 hashing algorithm and you can jump into the database and just update that hash and then your, your password would be reset. And I had been asked that like a hundred times. And I was like, all right, screw it. I'm making a, I'm making another one. And then I did another one, how to import large SQL databases. So uh, a lot of hosts, when you were uploading a MySQL DB would just stop because the DB was like 500 megs. Mm -hmm. So you could use this thing called big dump, big dump. Uh, and it would it'd take a big dump and, and split it into many pieces. And then uh, I started like, it's actually really funny just going through all of my old all of my old uh, Video, videos yeah. on here. I don't even um, want to watch any of my old ones. I'm thinking about like unpublishing some of them. <laughs> it's so cringy. So, I also so have like, old. I have unlisted videos of me in high school on the bus. Oh, on nice. Here. 12 Sick. years ago. That was, I uploaded them to Google Video before YouTube was even a thing. Yeah, I remember like Google I moved Video. Over. Anyways, my uh, strategy has always been just, I, I kind of do two things. So first, what I do is when I release a free course, it's only available on my platform. And then what I'll do is maybe two or three months after I release the course, I will slowly drip them out uh, maybe two per week uh, on YouTube. And if it's a 30, 30 video course, then I can get 15 weeks out of that. Um, and then what I'll also do is I'll just record these just like random one offs that I, sometimes I find people are having a hard time understanding destructuring or sometimes people are having a hard time understanding what the new React context API is. And I'll just record a one off video that will sort of detail it in. And usually they're about 10 or 15 minutes. And I wish I did more of those because they always do really well. And then between that, my courses and the, just the one off videos, I've, I've been starting to like kind of label them as like, here's how blah, blah, Bot mm -hmm. works just to kind of group them together and, and that seems to do well for for titles and uh yeah it's, it's working pretty well I, i'd like to do more stuff like this like put more of my personality up on on the youtube channel maybe show my face a little bit more i'm at what fifty three thousand subscribers i seem to be getting about three or four thousand a month which is, has picked up significantly since i released my css grid course on YouTube and it's all good. And I'm making pennies from yeah. the actual I think ads That's a big YouTube. misconception. You're not going to make a lot of money on YouTube. I have a quarter of a million plus subscribers. I have uh, over one, you know, nearly a thousand and a half videos on YouTube. All, most nearly all of them monetized. I get a lot of views and I do not make any sort of where near a livable salary on YouTube. I make like, you know, pocket change on YouTube. So uh, that I think that's a big misconception. I, I wouldn't start a YouTube channel to make a ton of money, but it definitely is a, a good platform uh, to help grow your own personal brand. And uh, maybe like if you're like us doing uh, courses or anything like that, it's definitely yeah. an avenue to make people aware of your quality content. Totally, totally. And I don't, 
Should I say how much? I don't mind saying how much I make off of it. I don't care. YouTube says you're not allowed to share these values, but I'm going to say it anyway. So I get just for people who are, are curious. Uh, last 28 days, I've got 106,000 views, 3,000 subscribers, and I've made 420 bucks, which is not nothing. That's up significantly from previous months. I think it's because my CSS grid course has been doing really well mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. But that's kind of kind of interesting. So uh, what actually one little kind of cool thing I've been doing is any money that comes from YouTube, I put into my kids like kind of savings account, oh, which uh, nice. is uh, hopefully over 20, 25 years by the time they're ready to <laughs> do some adult stuff. They'll uh, they'll have a little nice little chunk of change. That's sick. Yeah. Cool. Anything else about YouTube or you want to move on to, uh, to uh, Twitter? My YouTube strategy has changed uh, over the years. And so before it was just create a lot of content. And yeah. I think one thing now that my courses are more developed because before when I was doing my YouTube courses, I was recording the course as I was making it. Like I wouldn't write a course and then record it. I would just sort of do it free for all. Like, okay, I guess next week I'll do these videos because this is what the audience wants to see. But I I found my courses are better if I plan them out and work them out and do them better. But I, I, you know, need to be able to support myself. So I have these premium courses now, Level Up Pro, right, where you get access to all these premium courses. So my content on YouTube is now shifting to be more blog blog like like an individual helpful video that's going to maybe help support some of this content rather than like a full course but i'm still going to be doing free courses so i guess in that regard it is kind of helpful to see youtube occasionally as like a a blog yeah and it works well that way i i really like youtube in that way just because there's something that you need to be able to get out and explain or there's something in your your one of your courses that maybe seven percent of the people won't understand and it's nice to just be able to point people to a separate video so they don't have to stop the entire course to explain uh, a specific piece of javascript you can have just a supplementary uh, one that can can be sent over and i also find that people who are on teams they'll often have a new hire and uh, my videos will be part of Mm -hmm. uh like the welcome package make sure you understand but this is how we use destructuring watch wes's video on that yeah, I get that. And especially in like universities and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really bizarre to me that a lot of my courses paid and free are part of university curriculum. Yeah, curriculum. yeah likewise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get into the next one, which is Twitter, let's take a moment to talk about one of our favorite sponsors here, uh, which is Log Rocket. Now, Log Rocket is one of these uh, services that I think it's just going to save you a ton of time because uh, really what it's doing is saving you that 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 difficult time where you're trying to solve these bugs, right? And maybe you have some other tracking tools like Sentry or Rollbar or some of these that are, are getting you, you know, they're maybe harnessing your errors. However, uh, LockRocket does much more than that, and they give you a full-on vision into what's going on with these problems. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think that they've put it really well in their documentation that front-end errors are not simple. You're essentially shipping all your software to a browser, which could be one of 15 different browsers. It could be IE 11, could be the newest version of Chrome. I've had people come to me with errors and it turns out that they were on like a year old version of Chrome and for some reason Mm -hmm. it just stopped updating like they're web developers right there's all kinds of different devices you got local storage you've got um, often people are on proxies they have weird Chrome extensions installed that are messing with it there's just a whole bunch of stuff that could go wrong on the front end so what LogRocket does is, is three things exception tracking and this is it will log any errors that happen on the client and then it will group them together 
together, you'd be able to say, okay, uh, 10,000 people are having this specific error, cannot read property, a value of undefined. And you have to go in there. Oh, I forgot to check if there was actually element there before, before I pulled the value out of it. And you can fix those. Uh, next one is session replay. Super important because if you want to know how this error happened, the mm -hmm. steps leading up to it. So they essentially record the clicks and the scrolls and the hovers and all of the steps that the user takes up until that you hit that bug. And then you can replay it like it was a video on your actual backend. And then the final one is application performance monitoring. So things like download failures, JavaScript load time, JavaScript parse time, XHR latency, that stuff can sneakily get into and, and make your website feel slow over time. So this it'll sort of monitor it over time. It's pretty neat. So check it out at logrocket, L-O-G, rocket.com forward slash syntax. And that's going to get you a 14-day free trial. Thanks so much to LogRocket for sponsoring. Awesome. Uh, thank you, LogRocket. Yeah, awesome service. So let's get into Twitter, where um, the king of the Twitter land amongst the two <laughs> of us here is obviously Wes, if you compare our followers. Now, I am I'm going to admit here, uh, I'm going to defer to you on a lot of this stuff because I was late to Twitter. I was super late to uh, Twitter and you probably had more subscribers or followers on Twitter than I have right now uh, when I joined tw Twitter. So uh, I am very <laughs> sort of new to this world. And uh, so follow me at S Talinsky, you know, let me help me grow that audience a little bit. But yeah, let's I want to hear your strategy for growing your your Twitter following Wes. Yeah, I get tons of people message me about this. And my answer is just, well, do it for, I went on this website, twitterbirthday.com. Do it for 11.3 years. So I was on Twitter extremely early, which was a huge advantage because similar to how Instagram is right now, people were hungry for new people to follow. Whereas I think on Twitter now, people are a little bit overwhelmed with, with how much content is out there. So I got in on the game early, which is why you should, anytime a new platform comes out, you should spend some time on it because it might pan out to be the next Twitter. It might might just flop like Ello and yeah. then not be yeah. a big thing. There was another new one that, that came out and I was on it for like one day and I could tell they didn't have the stuff and I was just like, no, it doesn't have was it. Was it like Mastodon? No. No. I don't remember. It had a dark theme. People will know. Somebody somebody will know exactly what I'm talking about. But people, everyone got the invite so-and-so was on it for like uh, I'm I'm checking out this today, and it was sort of be like a, a Facebook Twitter hybrid kind of Instagram uh, yeah. thing. I forget. I I, I was I, I used it once, and I was like, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Not worth it. So I've been on Twitter for over 11 years now, um, and uh, how I got most of my Twitter followers was by doing hot tips. So I didn't invent the hot tip, but I did invent the little flame emoji in front of a hot tip, <laughs> which uh, is really cool to see that it has sort of like been. A lot of people have taken it on uh, when they post hot tips. So sort of a, a standard now, which I don't mind at all, which I think it's kind of cool. And uh, the idea behind the hot tip is just a, like a, a tasty treat. That's something. Uh, here's how X, Y and Z work. Here's a cool little trick about how something works. Here's how a new feature in JavaScript works. Oh, in maybe a year or two in JavaScript, we're going to or in CSS we'll get this new feature. And, and just by giving people a little nugget of information, that's why they're on Twitter. They want to see a little stuff. They want to stay up to date on the industry and they don't want to be pushed off to a 6,000 word blog post about, about something. They want to receive a, a nice little piece of information and to kind of continually update all of their stuff. So I've been doing that. I've, I've done, I've been doing hot tips for probably about four or five years now. Before that, I was obviously very involved in 
in the uh, web development world on Twitter. And that by having these these tweets, uh, often what will happen is that they'll they'll get retweeted by like a huge accounts like CSS tricks or smashing mag or or they'll just like ripple through and they'll get tweeted by retweeted by 400 people who have 300 followers each. And then that will uh, once you do that, like six or seven times, people will start to see your account keep popping up mm-hmm. and then you'll and then that's what that gets your your actual follow. And, and more importantly, that's what sort of builds credibility behind your person, because there is clearly ways to to pad your your Twitter followers, if you wanted to, I'm sure you could go on eBay and, and buy a hundred thousand followers tomorrow. But if people don't enjoy the content, that's just going to fall flat. Yeah. I think my Twitter following amounts are proof that I'm not buying Twitter followers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I think the, the message here is really the same as the, the message that, you know, I, I was thinking in YouTube is really that quality content is going to trump everything. And I think that maybe is a a message overall is that if you're producing quality content, I think it's going to, I mean, it will get in front of the right eyes eventually if it's quality content. And you usually see the cream rise to the top. Look at these sayings I'm coming out with left and right here. (laughs) So a a lot of people say, okay, it must be nice that you've been on Twitter for so long and got in on it early. Um, But I still think that there is room if if you join twitter today i think that there is t- tons of opportunity to to get it so uh steve schager i can't even say his name but he has taken the hot tips and he's been posting these super high quality uh design tips so so um, good yeah here's a way Great. if you have a lot of information here's a way to make that information a little bit more digestible here's a way to use borders that are a little bit more gray than black and it looks so much better uh here's a way and then he just creates these these hot tips again he's creating content for the platform he's not pushing you off to a youtube video or to a thing and he's gone from I, I don't know. I think like a couple thousand followers to as the time of recording, he's at 28,000 recording and he's been doing them for a year. So just a perfect example of like if you actually still consistently produce high quality content, it, it, there's a huge hunger for it because anything that he posts goes wild and, and, and it's because it's really good quality. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's like one of the best bang for buck follows I've had in the past year. <laughs> So we'll we'll link it up. Let me just uh, type it out right here as well. S T E V E S C H O G E R. I feel like Schock. just for being a fellow Canadian, you should just know how to spell or pronounce his name. Schager. Yeah, actually, he lives like a couple. I don't know, forty-five minutes away from me. <laughs> a lot of a lot of Canadians. So does Adam Wathan, who who posts a lot of really good tips as well. He uh, he lives close to me as well. So it's something in the water here. Hot tip yep. water. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Facebook. Uh, my Facebook strategy has been weak. Weak. Yeah, mine as well. Likewise. I'm on Facebook at westboss.developer. And uh, what I, I have is that I have um, my assistant take my hot tips and uh, and repost them on Facebook. So uh, here I am telling you not to, to push your content otherwise, but I think that the hot tips work well, both on Facebook as well as on, on Twitter. So I have my assistant reposting them. Um, I also recently have been posting all of my personal Instagram photos to Facebook, my, my business Facebook account. Don't mm. add my, I have like 6,000 friend requests on my personal Facebook. Yeah, don't, don't add that one. Yeah, I don't either, yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, but, uh, I, for the longest time, I didn't do that. And, um, but I also, uh, part of what my personal brand is, is that people have other 
interests other than web development, right? They they like that I do barbecue. They like that I post photos of my kids, like or or they like whatever I'm doing around town, going up for dinner and stuff like that. So I have started posting that on Facebook as well because uh, people like to see the life behind the actual person as well, um, because you, you kind of feel like you're friends with them. And I don't know, it's kind of fun when you post something about a cooler I bought you can or uh, a barbecue that you you always get amazing information from other people who have similar hobbies and you, you get to uh, I don't know kind of have a cool little friendship with these people yeah my my Facebook strategy has been yeah uh, letting MailChimp and Instagram automatically post to Facebook for me that is that is probably the extent of my Facebook strategy uh, actually I feel bad about that because there's a large opportunity but obviously uh, with where Facebook is in the world today uh, I, I'm just I I don't feel good about being on Facebook. I don't feel good about uh, being on Facebook.com. And I understand the marketing possibilities, but like at yeah. the same time, I don't know how much time and money I want to invest in Facebook itself. So ooh, I'm I'm sort of staying away from it, regardless yeah. of whatever it could bring me. You know, so I I find that probably 90% of my Facebook followers are from overseas. So uh, mm-hmm. lots of here, let me just take a quick look of where people, lots I would of people agree from, with that. Yeah. Lots of people from India, lots of people from Sri Lanka. Any, anytime that I, I sit, kind of take a look of, of where people are from that are liking and commenting on the stuff. It's almost always outside of North and South America, uh, which is kind of interesting to me that that's where a, a large part of the audience is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. What else do we have for social media? Reddit. Yeah. Reddit is oh, interesting one. Yeah. Reddit is tough because if you post the wrong thing at the wrong time, uh, you'll be put on a skewer and uh, everyone will be very <laughs> upset. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I've never really had that happen because I'm usually, uh, you know, pretty cautious about that. They're, they're very suspicious. Uh, Redditors are very suspicious about marketers. So I don't do any more. Like if people mention me or level up tutorials or the podcast, I'll pop in and be like, Hey, you know, Hey, Hey, what's up? Buy my stuff. But, uh, for the most part, I'm only posting my my free YouTube videos of helpful tips and stuff like that on Reddit. Or if I have a you know a tip here or there or, or a post, I'll, I'll I'll post that stuff and sort of let the marketing stuff take over. As in, people are oh hey, it's Level Up Tutorials on YouTube, and then I'll be like yeah hey, check out my my store while you're at it. But for the most part, it's really difficult. You don't want to uh, sort of burn people over there. They can get a little uh aggressive i'd say yeah there's there's no marketing to to reddit at all i found my strategy i've even got banned from our web dev a couple of years ago because every time i had a new blog post i would submit it like god oh, forbid so you, you, just, you yeah. submit a blog content, post yeah like actual content yeah but they i got banned from it um so i stopped posting my stuff altogether and uh, i just i just spend a lot of time in the comments i find that reddit web dev is very helpful to me in terms of research about what people are trying to learn. So I'm always reading what's going on there. And then often people will tag me. Um, and then I'm at a point now where people will submit my own stuff, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then I can just chime in and say, hey, thanks so much for for submitting it. And you just have to be part of a community, which I have. Like I have uh, part of the the good thing about my Twitter account is that I've been on it for let me let me see how many years I've been on on Reddit. Oh, I've been on it a long time. Let's see. April 2, 2007. So I've been on it for uh, as long as uh, as long as I have on Twitter, 11 years. So, April 2, um, 2000. Where does it tell you? that? Oh, 
Okay. 2007. Wow. Okay. I'm on August 21st, 2009. So, oh. yeah. Wow. I'm surprised. What were you doing those two years? I'm surprised that you've been on it for longer because I felt like I've been, I've been on it for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah, it's it's good. And I think just being part of a community and, and people ask tons of questions on there and it's it's easy to chime in and, and help someone out. And then if you help people out six or seven times, then they start to go, oh, who's this West guy? Oh, he's got tutorials, right? Yeah. The whole reciprocity thing comes in again. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you ever feel like posting the Syntax podcast or any of uh, do. any of my stuff or Wes's stuff, yeah, please do. Because it looks really pathetic when you post your own thing to, you know, like, hey, check out this this YouTube channel. Hey, check it out. Anytime somebody, you can go to reddit.com forward slash domain forward slash syntax.fm and you can see anytime someone has submitted the syntax podcast and every single one of them has gotten at least 10 votes and most of them have like 130, 200, 20, 50. So they, get, they, they do well when they do get posted because obviously it's good content. Uh, but it's just not something that we can just machine dump all of our links on there. It has to be something that uh, the community suggests, right? Yeah. Do you spend any time on Reddit that's not related to uh, web dev stuff? Um, I go on, like, there's a R smoking, which is smoking meat, not cigarettes or, yeah. or vaping. <laughs> can you um, imagine going to a Reddit about smoking? Like, <laughs> just talking to other people about smoking R cigarettes? cigarettes? Yeah. Uh, I go to DIY just to see people's, like, what they've been building, which is always really interesting. Uh, our metal core is really good for new music suggestions and uh, personal finance. Canada is really good. And then there's like a local one, Hamilton for my city. Oh yeah. To, nice. To see what's going on. Yeah. I'm on the, the Denver and the Colorado also like just normal personal finance ones, but I actually moderate uh, and I didn't just, mod- I think I created the RB boy, which is wow. the breakdancing one, uh, which I, I admittedly do not put any effort into moderating that thing, but it's got 50 or no, it has 5,000 subscribers. That's not very much, but it's a breakdancing Reddit here. So if you want to check out some B-Boy clips, check it out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that brings me anything personally in the marketing, but it's it's there. Yeah, that's cool. Reddit, Reddit is a very interesting one. It's I think it's sort of replaced the uh, the forum for me. Like years yeah. ago, I was, yeah. I was part of lots of different lots types of forums. Of forums. Yeah. That and you can always find a community that is super into like I was I've been getting into meat curing and then you just go to the I forget what it is like the sausage forum. Which, <laughs> be careful searching for sausage on Reddit, but uh, you can find people that are obsessed about it and have been talking about it for years and you can just dive in uh, and, and just learn so much. I recently joined the lawn care Reddit. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, what is my life? Oh, Uh, man, that's great. I need to join that one. Uh, Anyways, next last one we have here is Instagram, which has been blowing up in the last maybe year or two for web developers. I've been on Instagram for probably six or seven years. But just recently, web developers have been uh, have been joining in on it. And it's kind of interesting. Again, it's there's a lot of people posting really odd photos of themselves just holding laptops or like that's a weird thing. It's a weird thing that that gets so many, so many views. views, so many or like a coffee beside a laptop with like perfectly put up code. I'm always self-conscious of taking a photo of my screen because people are gonna be like, hey, shit code there, buddy. Yeah, but uh, it's it's interesting. Um, but I do find that uh, it's kind of cool to a lot of the stuff is very surfacey. Um, but if, if you get through that, our boy, Dinesh. Uh, we'll link it up in the 
because uh, I can't, can't I always butchered his last name. Is it Dinesh or Dinesh? Because I've, I've been saying Dinesh. Okay, I I'll, think it's Dinesh. Sorry, okay. Dinesh. <laughs> no, he's the man. Yeah, he's the absolute man. Yeah. So he posts tons of of extremely helpful content. He's he's a perfect example of how to do Instagram right. He's got like 20, 25,000 followers. He's always pumping other people in the in the community, linking up really good stuff posting reviews of different tech gadgets that he has. So big fan of, of the stuff that he puts out. It's pretty good. Word. Yeah. Yeah. And again, on any of these platforms, follow both of us. I'm at S. Talinsky for breakdancing footage and at Level Up Tutorials for uh, photos of my computer sitting next to a coffee cup. I'm at West Boss, W-E-S-B-O-S. And I just cracked 10,000 follows, which means that I can do swipe up in Instagram stories. I'm dying which for that. Is, I'm dying It's for so that. good because now I can... Swipe up to listen to the podcast, swipe up to buy a course, swipe up to anything. And it's it's so much better because people always DM me being like, hey, what's the link for yeah, X, Y, I, and Z? Yeah, that's so frustrating. Okay, follow at Level Up Tutorials. I only Let's have 5,000. I am halfway there. And it's taken me a long time to get 5,000 on there. So, yeah, it is hard. it's hard because you can't link your stuff. And people always be like, where is this available to? I'm like, I, I just go to leveluptutorials.com, but I, I can't link anything. So, uh, but yeah. yeah. I love 99 Instagram. posts though and I have a thousand posts and 10,000 followers you have 99 posts and 5,000 followers so clearly you're doing something right well my I just started the level of tutorials one my personal one has like 4,000 posts but it's all breakdancing stuff so uh, that's pretty much it and photos of my dogs <laughs> and now my son and my wife so yeah mop dog uh, mop dog Cool. All right. Uh, let's move on. Oh man, we're we are yeah our, we, we are uh, cooking on the time here. <laughs> we, <laughs> all right. Let's let's take a break for our other sponsor, and then we'll we'll keep going with it. Uh, so hang in with us. This is there's a lot to to unpack in in this episode. So uh, our next sponsor is FreshBooks, which does a cloud accounting software. I love FreshBooks because uh, I run my own business. Speaking of of marketing and running your own business, part of what you don't want to spend time on is is the the business part of it, which is uh, doing your books, chasing after unpaid invoices, setting up wire transfers, all of that miserable stuff. So FreshBooks will take care of all of that stuff for you. You can log all of your expenses. You can give people estimates. You can turn those estimates into invoices. You can log all of your hours that you're working for specific people and then attach specific dollar rates to that work and in different types of work and then just turn that into an invoice. It's amazing. I love it. Check it out at freshbooks.com forward slash syntax to get a 30 day unrestricted free trial. Thanks so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring. Thank you. All right. So let's keep trucking here. Yeah. Um, let's talk about paid ads. Um, I have a little bit of experience, um, a lot of failure in this. I have total um, so failure in this. So paid advertisement yeah. is when you go on to Facebook, Twitter, Google ads, you and you pay somebody for a banner ad or an inserted video. I've spent a lot of money on Facebook, which is actually funny enough how I've got a lot of my Facebook followers. I've got about 35,000 Facebook fans or whatever you call them, likes. And uh, those almost entirely, probably about 20,000 of them had come from people seeing me post ads on Facebook for my courses. And uh, they didn't necessarily buy the course, but they liked the page, uh, which is great because that's what you want is you want people to be on it. And then you got to hit them up a hundred times over the next two years. And then they actually 
they actually buy something. So uh, I at some point I had a Facebook where I put a dollar in. I was making a dollar twenty, but I there's I couldn't figure out how to scale it. You know, like I wanted to I wanted to be able to put in a million dollars and get back one point two million dollars, and I couldn't figure it out. So my time is much much better spent. Uh, creating free courses, creating free content, doing this podcast that pushes my personal brand so much more forward. Um, it's and that stuff is harder. A lot of times people email me being like, OK, like I'm ready to pay five hundred dollars for ads, but it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because you think that advertising is just this thing where if you have a bit of money, it'll just work. And it doesn't. You have to like do A-B testing and t- try there's, all there's these too different much. Things. I, I, don't, I don't have the training. I'm not good at it. If no. I was in a position where I had a, a someone whose specialty was that, like I would be about giving them some freedom to try that. But I personally do not have the time to learn those skills. And uh, yeah, mm, sometimes sometimes those ads can seem a little inauthentic too. I think about that guy with the Ferrari in his garage who's like a total yeah, Ty Lopez. jokester. Yeah, that guy. Oh, ooh. that that, that guy is, is the, the really interesting. Yeah, he's if you don't know, you probably know who I'm talking about is this guy. He spent millions of dollars on YouTube ads where he says, oh, here are my Ferrari. And he's got these Ferraris and rented um, probably there's a lot of people doing. Oh, he's actually making bank on on what he's doing because he promotes the sort of like lifestyle. And then all these kids want that lifestyle. And then he sells courses to become like a social media marketer or he sells like a book club where it's like. There's all these horror stories online. Uh, I follow him on Instagram Oof. just because I am like he's obviously a genius marketer and able to manipulate people. Um, and it's it's kind of he's very, very sleazy in, in what he does. But I still follow him because I obviously knows what he's doing in terms of uh, how to like he, he every day. He has a new pair of shoes. He's got these kicks of the day where like obviously kids love shoes and Ferraris and free MacBooks <laughs> and then they follow him and then a certain percentage are going to shell out their like go into debt on their credit card in order yep. to buy his his like Ooh. become a millionaire courses. So yeah, he's really 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 sleazy, which again, like developers have such a high BS tolerance whereas I think other industries like kids wanting to buy a Ferrari or or maybe fitness, there's you can be a little bit slimy like that, but there's developers build this stuff. They know how it works and they have very, very high BS tolerance. And there's no way that you could get away with that <laughs> trying to market developers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's good, though. I, I, the high BS tolerance is a is a is a uh, excellent thing to have here uh, because there's so much BS and people trying to sell you all sorts of stuff in this space in general. Yeah. I've also tried Twitter ads in the past um, to very little success. I've had many calls with Twitter ad spokesmen and they clearly don't know what they're talking about. They just want (laughs) you to spend more. Their answer to all my questions were you really have to spend about uh, three or four dollars per X, Y and Z. And then it never makes sense. Uh, They just want you to pour money into this thing. Like these ads are good for people who want just notoriety. Like if you're selling a car. Right. And you, you hear about a car three or four times on a YouTube ad or something. But it's not good for people like us where we want to track. If I put a dollar into this machine, I want to get a buck fifty back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't doesn't work out well. Some people have figured it out. You often see on Instagram those free watches or free rings and stuff like that. People figure it out how to sell you a ten dollar ring and make money off of that. But I can't sell a, a seventy five dollar course and, and, and come out ahead on it. Yeah, not for me. 
Next up, we got email marketing. This is something I have a very large uh, email uh, list, which email marketing is probably responsible for a good portion of my my big my asks. So like obviously I spend time on all of these different platforms all day long. But then when it comes to to selling someone, I'll send an email out and uh, I don't I don't do email particularly well. What's really big right now is called uh, drip marketing or, or automation marketing, where if someone were to watch three of my free courses, then I would hit them up with a coupon code and, and make them uh, make them buy it. I just what I do is just every month or two, I just send out a couple emails saying, hey, I launched a new course or hey, it's a sale. And it works really well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's probably some some optimization that I can do in there. But I've just been spending all of my time on creating courses and people seem to remember, again, lucky with a nice memorable name. People remember who I am and my email and I only email. They know that, oh, Wes has clearly something to say because he's emailing and not Wes is emailing me every three days with a a new way to try to get me by a course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's working out well for me because I have extremely high open rate and extremely low unsubscribe rate. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I, again, another thing I'm not very good at it. Clearly uh, my marketing game is needs to be uh, stepped up a little bit, but I, I, I do a little bit of email. I maybe send one a month. I'm going to probably step that up to being like two a month to say like, here's the next course. Like for instance, I have a new course coming out uh, this month on Electron. So I'm probably going to send out another email just to make people aware of that. Cause I think that's like one big thing is that I feel like I'm annoying people with emails, but yeah. at the same time, my customer feedback to me is that we don't know what the next course is. We don't know what to look forward to. And totally. obviously like that's such a huge uh, potential for me to be able to say, Hey, here's what's next. Here's what's coming. You know, I totally agree with that. And, and this may be why I, I need to push a little harder on email, but I'm pretty pretty happy spot right now and, and yeah. when i do and people know when i do have a course i'll send you like when i launch a course i'll probably send you four or five emails and and that's totally fine i almost out of like i have a quarter million people on my email list and i almost never get a snarky reply which is unheard of yeah because yeah you're, you're almost always going to trigger someone being like stop spamming me or things like that which i feel pretty good about uh people not getting yeah uh, absolutely to, um, I also email marketing is really helpful for me to find out what people want. And I'll often tell people to just hit reply, which is a nightmare for my email inbox. I'm but sure. I'll say like, hey, hit reply. Tell me what you, you were, you're struggling with right now. And um, you can often take that what they're struggling with and take like those phrases that you hear over and over again, where I'm feeling overwhelmed or um, the stuff is moving too fast or. Uh, I hearing a lot about GraphQL and you can take those words and put them directly into copy because copywriting is another huge part of marketing, which is how do you persuade someone to uh, actually buy the course? And and by taking the, the words right out of their mouth and putting it into copy, it's a, a fantastic way to to write good copy. Yeah. Well, me no words good. So I am terrible at this. And I usually I, I speak things off the cuff better, I think, than I do write them. So I'll, I'll usually uh, do voice dictation to write any of my copy. Then I'll send it to Courtney and Courtney will be like, what is this? Is this English? <laughs> like she'll just or, or just absolutely slaughter it and help me a little bit on that regard. But yeah, it, it's another thing that's a little tough for me. Co- writing copy has always been something that I enjoy. So I'm, I'm really happy that I try to just like make it very personable and not 
like I try to take a lot of stuff out of it. I did have a couple copywriting courses in university, which which may have helped as well. Mm, I know nice. that there's some good good courses on learning this stuff out as well. But that whole marketing space is like there's marketers trying to sell stuff to marketers and it's all just like kind of a <laughs> yeah. nightmare. Everyone's trying to sell each other $400 PDFs and yeah. $300 access to the Slack room. I'm a sucker is, though for, uh, for, for that kind of audio book though. Like this audio oh, yeah. book. Oh my God. Like business Which one? biz dev, just all of them. Uh, oh yeah. Just anything that fits that sort of my, I'm like, Hmm, I mean, <laughs> think about this one. Awesome. Let's uh, go on to the next one, which is partnerships. So uh, yeah. this is another mm-hmm. way that you can do um, both partnerships when par- people partner with me, uh, me being the person who can advertise them as well as partnerships with with affiliates. So let's start off with partnerships with other companies. So we be we being the, <laughs> uh, the advertisers out there. So um, I've done a couple partnerships. I get tons and tons of email about people looking to to partner because that's the big thing right now it's it's called influencer marketing which is another cringy word but Mm -hmm. uh, companies don't want to buy ads anymore they want to work with someone in a youtube video or something like that and and use their product and almost always it's a very bizarre product that i cannot see myself flexing into my uh, courses at all yeah Um, but twice so far it's worked out nicely the first one i ever did was with sentry which does like error tracking. It's a part of what a, one of our sponsors is today, LogRocket. Yeah. And uh, that worked out really well because it, it was a product I used myself. It was something that I knew a lot of the developers behind it. And I was very, very happy to to recommend it to users. And that was a, a lot of times people want to do affiliates based on that. And I always, that was just a lump sum. So they sponsor the course. I get a lump sum of cash and uh, they get a video in the course as well as uh, something in the in the entry email. Same with uh, my upcoming sticker batch. I have somebody who is sponsoring the sticker batch, so they pay to print the stickers. They get a sticker in the batch, and then they also get a little blurb in the uh, thank you email once, you, once you've bought it. And then the last one I did was with my CSSgrid.io course. Um, Firefox came, approached me and was like, hey, how, how can we work together? Often these partnerships are a result of someone reaching out being like, hey, I'd love to do something. Yeah. Let's chat. Yeah. And you jump on a call and sort of just shoot the shit with them and something comes out. And it turned out that Firefox was releasing their grid dev tools at the same time, I was working on my grid course. Firefox's grid dev tools were amazing. I would have used them anyway if they didn't pay me. And it was just a perfect fit. So they sponsored the podcast. And that's great because Firefox is very much about pushing the open web forward. Uh, and by by allowing me to be paid, it, it covered my salary for a couple months. And I was able to, to full-time put my time into creating this free course where I didn't have to sweat about doing other things and, and making sure I made money in that part of it. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I do it. What about you? For me, I almost always turn them down. There's, there's exceptions. I did a, a series that was sponsored by PrestaShop at one point when I was really into like Magento sort of stuff. They saw my my work in that space and um, it worked out well because they, they were just going to sponsor like a course on it and, uh, you know, pay for each episode kind of thing. And then that worked out well for me because, I mean, PrestaShop was pretty sweet at the time and uh, it, it definitely fit into my content. It wasn't like out of the the realm of what I was doing already. And yeah. so if, if something like that comes up, you know, I'll, I'll think about it. But for the most part, I usually, uh, if I'm going to be working with a brand, for instance, uh, lately I've worked with, I, I worked with Meteor at one point. I was doing some official videos for them. I did official videos for Sketch. 
where my videos are published on their channel, right? I, I They give me the content, whatever I record, and it lives on their thing, and I don't own it as level-up tutorials. And then same thing most recently with Figma, where I was doing their, um, their official tutorial videos. And I like that flow because it doesn't necessarily like make my brand look like, hey, I'm doing something because somebody's paying me. Even if I love Figma. I mean, for instance, I reached out to Figma to start that relationship, telling them how much I love their product and what I did. Yeah. Even though it's something that I loved and whatever, I didn't want them to sponsor my course on Figma on Level Up Tutorials because I just don't want that sort of connection, right? I'm happy to do their videos for them, but that that's the kind of work I'll, I'll take in that regard. Yeah, so that that's pretty much it for partnerships. For affiliates, I know you you do a lot of affiliate work and I'm personally just starting my affiliate program. So if you are interested in making Right now, it's just sales, not subscriptions. If you're making interested in making forty uh, percent of sales on Level Up Tutorials, and you want to, uh, you enjoy my content and you like to share it, reach out to me on any platform, email, Twitter, any of that stuff. Let me know because I'm I'm forming the uh, the beta for it's up right now, and uh, I'm I'm wanting to get some affiliates on there. So check it out. Yeah, f- affiliates are are awesome when when it works out well so i have a what's called a closed affiliate program no not anyone could just sign up for it but what will happen is that and if you're listening to this it's open as well uh if you have some sort of audience uh whether that is so i have i have affiliates that have email newsletters i have affiliates that have uh, github repos where they just put one little line of text saying hey this is a node repo. If you want to learn node, check out Wes's course. I have affiliates that have Sublime Text extensions that uh, maybe once or twice a year they update the extension. And in the in the release notes, they say, hey, thanks so much to Wes for supporting my time. Because I don't know, open source is a weird thing where it's, it's frustrating that a lot of open source developers cannot get reimbursed for their time. And it also often takes a toll on them. That's why we see people just kind of go AWOL on, on open source projects. So um, it's really cool to be able to partner with some of these open source things and do it in a in a non-invasive way. Like sometimes you install npm install something and you get just blasted with donate links, which I think is a little bit much. But uh, if you can do it in a way that you are are referring people, and if you've actually almost everyone who is an affiliate of me has taken one of my courses and say, this is great, I would wholeheartedly recommend it, which does the best for referring things. Like if you've actually checked, tried something out, and that's why one of our, our sponsors, DevLifts, has done so well, because I went through the DevLifts program uh, and saw great results. And then I said, this is great. I recommend it, right? I wasn't an affiliate of DevLifts. They were just a sponsor on the podcast. But I have, I don't know, probably 70 or so affiliates where people will recommend my courses and if somebody buys one of my courses that they recommend, and also this is really neat, I rolled this out a couple of months ago. If someone refers a free course of mine and so they end up buying a paid one after that, then they get credit for that, which is great because sometimes nice. you want to say like, check out Wes's CSS grid course. And then they'll say, hey, that was good. Let me let me do a paid one. And that person should get get 40% cut nice. of that course because this is they referred it, right? So Email people that have email newsletters, anyone that has a decently sized audience, uh, people that have blogs, they want to put a little banner in the side, something like that. It's a great way to to expand your audience and uh, and share in that revenue from from people who you might not be able to reach otherwise. Dope. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely a, a big opportunity there. But again, that it really only applies if you're selling something. You know, if you're yeah. marketing yourself, you can't really have an affiliate program for yourself. And 
it's it's such a good system for what we do because there's it's not like we're shipping up a, a t-shirt where we're only making ten dollars per t-shirt like the the profit per course that we have is is fairly high so you have the ability to offer someone like a decent chunk like uh, i've had people buy a twelve hundred dollar team license and one of my affiliates has gotten a four hundred eighty dollar payout mm. just from like like referring nicely referring one little link to someone, which is pretty cool. So uh, yeah, I definitely would do that. It, it can go awry the other way. There's a lot of sleazy affiliate stuff, which is why I don't have it open because there's people that will just spam your links everywhere, and then that looks bad on you as a brand because all of a sudden your stuff is is not in a good space. So uh, I only allow people who have are part of the industry, right? And part of our community sure. uh, have, have links. Yeah. All right. One more section, unless you have anything else on affiliates. No, I don't. Yeah, no, but I have a, a decent, not a decent amount. I'm not going to take up a ton of time because we're already way, 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 way over. Uh, but next section, freebies. Uh, I give yeah. away a lot of freebies. If you don't know, I have over a thousand plus videos for free on my YouTube channel. And that necessarily wasn't a marketing decision. Uh, that was simply just a, that's how I create content. But now it works that way where I give away a ton of free content and specifically to help the community rather than to sell things. But in the same regard, it works in like a marketing fashion. But giving away free stuff is always a surefire way to get people to pay attention to your content because it's free. And if it's free and good, then uh, that's good for you. Yeah, that's. I think that's why both it's worked out well for both of us because we're not giving away. Often you see people like slap together like here's ten short keyboard shortcuts in a yeah. PDF. <laughs> Give me your email address so I can spam the hell out of you. It's like no, uh, I literally spend months and months and thousands of dollars worth of my time on these things just to show you that like and this is good. I'm also giving back to the community, right? Absolutely. What other freebies and like merch? I do stickers every now and then. Um, I just ordered another batch of stickers, so it should be another month or so before I can uh, I get those to be able to sell. And the stickers is kind of a fun one because uh, I initially started it as just like a, a fun thing because developers love stickers and I love stickers and I, I love to be able to give them away. And I've since kind of honed that process where I can make a, a buck or two per uh, bag of stickers that I sell, which is, is pretty nice because it takes me a lot of time to to put all the sticker stuff together. I have to hire my assistant who handles all of the email about it and all of the return stickers and the stamping and the licking. And there's a lot that goes into it. It's a huge process, but it's just a kind of another fun way, um, especially like I think getting physical mail in the web development world is such a good way. People send me T-shirts all the time and it always puts that company in my mind because like who gets mail anymore, right? It just getting fun mail is the best. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a fun. like, did you ever imagine that you'd be a sticker mogul at this point in your life, <laughs> or no, a sti- sticker baron, or whatever? <laughs> no, I was super into stickers, like sticker books when I was a kid. That's dope. Uh, and now I get older, and it's it's really fun to to do it as well. Word. Anything else? Getting free stuff. Sometimes companies send me free stuff. Like I've got a, what is it? Like I, I got a router, an Amplify HD. It's like a mesh network router for free. It's not fair. Um, I don't get anything for free. Nobody kay. sends me anything. Give me free stuff, Folks, please. Will yeah. people please send Scott something? I got a box of rubber ducks. Shout out to, what is the company? I totally forget. So apologies. Um, I, I posted a photo on, on Twitter. 
Uh, someone sent me a box of rubber ducks after the I got a the shout out in the rubber box duck of debugging. rubber ducks. I got a shout out. <laughs> uh, anyways, I always disclose when people give me stuff for free because I don't want to like I don't want to ever recommend something. I don't ever want to have a sick pick on this show where it's just because they sent it for free. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'll always make sure that people know if if I got hooked up, I'll let you know. And if it sucks, I'll let you know for sure. I've definitely pissed off a few companies in the past where they send me it for free and I said not so good things about it. So it's, yeah, it's kind of nice. I, I don't I What else did I get free? I got a, like a ring doorbell for free as well. Just by uh, asking the company for a free one not fair i've gotten <laughs> stickers i've gotten i got free stickers from west boss so there you go all right can someone do you have a p.o box no okay i, don't, yeah, I don't i've got a p.o box scott has a p.o box will someone please send scott a letter or a sticker or a t-shirt <laughs> you you have t-shirts don't you i do i have t-shirts for sale yes that said i don't really market them they're even kind of hard to find on the site so let's sell them out right now how do, where do you buy them Levelup.tutorials.com forward slash store. How many t-shirts do you have left? Maybe we can sell them out. Oh, I have, if anyone is still listening to this long podcast. Yeah, this is a long episode. I have no idea how many I have left. I, I, I haven't counted them, to be honest. Okay, we'll I, sell them I, out. I have enough. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, I think that's it for today. Uh, you got a sick pick? Yeah, I got a sick pick. A uh, sick pick here. I'm going to make it real quick. Uh, is a sick pick that I have sick picked before i'm going to do a double sick pick here and this is cypress cypress.io for end-to-end testing uh, i don't think this gets enough love uh, cypress is really uh takes all of the guesswork out of testing i know i've mentioned it a couple times over the history of the show uh, but if you were a new listener you may have not have heard me talk about cypress cypress.io is an excellent end-to-end testing system that uh, basically gives you interactive tools to actually working with your tests and even click through, gain really keen insight as to what is going on in your code. Uh, you can like wait for UI elements and stuff like that. They make it really easy. Like sometimes I know when you're writing tests, if something hasn't loaded yet entirely, you could be like, testing a loading screen rather than testing that loaded component. So this, it gives you a lot of great tools to like wait for certain things. And okay, now that this is on, you can look for this and try this and click this. And it's all very visual. So uh, you can confirm that things are working the way you'd expect. It's pretty darn slick. Cypress.io. I'm going to keep it pretty short. Check it out. Watch their little video on the homepage and uh, prepare to have your mind blown by testing, which is a good thing. Wicked. My sec pick is uh, a book. I listened to the audiobook, but it's also a printed version. It's called Own the Day by Aubrey Marcus. So uh, Aubrey Marcus is uh, CEO of this company called Onnit. If you listen to Joe Rogan podcast, you probably have heard of Onnit before. And he posts, he has this book where it says optimized practices for waking, working, learning, eating, training, playing, sleeping, and sex. And I thought it was kind of interesting because um, sometimes you listen to these podcasts like Joe Rogan or um, Tim Ferriss, and they're they always post like, "Oh, I find that it's it's very helpful that if I if I wake up at six o'clock and drink the tears of a unicorn and then <laughs> do twelve thousand pushups and then I I run around and it's like, okay, this, it makes you feel better. Okay, that's good. But this is like I I found that this was very applicable 
uh, information, little tricks, little things you can do when you wake up, little things that you can do to like what kind of vitamins you should be getting. A very tastefully approached because he owns a supplement company, which is always raises an yeah, eyebrow touchy, from me. Touchy, yeah. So yeah, I thought I thought it was it was really good. Lots of little little nuggets here and there. What was um, the name of the book again? Too, too deep. It's called Own the Day from Aubrey Marcus. All right, I'm gonna put that on my list right now. That's good. I it's it was pretty I think it was like 11 hours so I had to it took me a good couple of weeks to get through it but it was one of those that you could just pick up and put down uh, because every single chapter is a different aspect of your life and it's just helpful little little things that you can like I've, I've start, or started drinking water again every single morning like instead oh, of slamming man. a coffee you gotta slam a water you gotta see my big ass water right here I have a giant cup of water next to me Michigan. at all times yeah, I got my my UFM. This I actually have this giant like when you it, this is this cup for those of you who can't see obviously is from a Michigan football game when you buy the largest uh like beer or soda they have and it's like giant ass cup from a very terrible game when Michigan lost to Minnesota who sucked and we lost anyways and uh we kept making a bunch of people around us pretty mad cuz we kept talking about what Michigan really needs right now. They really need a double touchdown. And people were just like, God darn it. These kids are just like making fun of the fact they were. And I love Michigan. I'm a huge Michigan football (laughs) fan. Uh, But so the double touchdown thing is now hilarious because anytime we're down by a whole bunch, I'm like, God, could you really use one of those double touchdowns right now? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, any uh, shameless plugs? Uh, shameless plug. I have a new course coming out. So sign up for Level Up Pro, leveluptutorials.com forward slash pro. I have a new course. It is Awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't normally say that about my courses, but I'm teaching you Electron <laughs> in this course and it's React and Electron and we're building a journaling app and man, you learned a lot of really cool stuff from working with your own file system, opening directories. Uh, I build in like an auto save feature and it ends up being like sort of a markdown system for a journal post. So you create a file, you write your journal post and you can do it in markdown and you get a little markdown preview window right there. So it teaches you the basics of of Electron, uh, but also leaves a ton of room open for self-exploration in Electron. It is a a really exciting course. So uh, it's going to be out later this month. It's not going to be out. Well, it'll probably be out by the time this episode comes out. So uh, uh, check it out. It's also going to be available for purchase at leveluptutorials.com forward slash store. Again, if you're interested in learning Electron and you want to do it in a really practical, beautiful app, it is sick. And uh, I created a cute icon for this app, too. It is it is like a little composition <laughs> notebook. Uh, I, I'm not an icon maker, so I like made this thing and I was like, oh, this is my life's work. This is this is it. That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to plug my upcoming uh, advanced React and GraphQL course. It is still a bit of a ways out. I know people have been emailing me all the time. Uh, I've been talking about it forever I hit my fair share of bumps in terms of libraries and things updating and changing changing and constantly. But I'm I'm not sweating it all that much because GraphQL is very much still a new thing. And I want to make sure that what you're learning is going to be the latest and greatest best practices and everything like that. So it's all been reviewed. I'm going to start recording it now. It doesn't look like I'm going to get it done before I go on a vacation this summer. So it will probably be at least a month out yet, which is, I know, frustrating for some people because I've been waiting for it. But I am so, so happy with it. We're 
charging credit cards. We are writing tests. We are doing the back end and the front end. And oh, man, I'm so stoked. It's going to be such a good course. It's going to be a big course, but I think you're going to learn a lot in it. So uh, sit tight. I'll send an email out with some more info. And please don't email me asking when it's going to come out. <laughs> Word. Awesome. So if you're still listening, make sure you tweet at West Boss and at Estelinski, letting us know that you made it this far. Um, the longest hash- episode in syntax history. Ha- hashtag Team Syntax if you made it this far. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. See it. Peace. Peace. Head on over to syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show.